Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Brian Ward. Praise God, how are we all doing? That's the front row, what about the rest of you? <laughs> Hands up at the back. Certainly a warm welcome to you all, if it's your first time, a very warm welcome. And uh, just a delight to have you here with us. Salvation keeps falling off the end here, that means that God's at work. <laughs> you know, these uh, labels that we've got stuck here, these are the promises God gave us uh, quite a few years ago of where the enemy was trying to steal from us about the promises God wants to see over our families, over our lives, but also over our town. And um, I was looking this morning, I thought, oh, everything comes through salvation, really. <laughs> Your resources come through salvation. We are the resources of God. Miracles come through salvation. His promises come through salvation. But then it fell down because I know he heals without salvation. Because <laughs> he's a gracious God. And he's a God that cares for each and every person, whether you're saved or you're not saved. Whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, he loves you. Amen. And I pray that today is that message. Oh, let's go to the tie mic, please, Dave. Hallelujah. Yeah, I just pray that uh, today is a day that you just know something about his love this morning. And um, the young children this morning, but we, we are so blessed with the youngsters. How many of you, what's that just falling off? Come on, bring it in, Lord. <laughs> That's resources and salvation dealt with, we'll take them off. Thank you, Jesus. Every seat that's empty, we expect it full for next Sunday. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, where was I? Um, the children, praise God. Oh, keep me on the right path, Lord. Oh, I'm so excited. It's the summit of God that bubbles up inside me. And I just want to release it to you guys this morning. That the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth are acceptable to God. And that each of you are fed. You hear the, the, the voice of God this morning, not my voice. But the children are just a, an amazing part of our church family. And what I was saying earlier about the way they pray and even at our August events, at our family camp last, uh, last year, there's just something, there's just a breakthrough within the children's worship time. There's something that uh, the children are having meetings and more meetings. And Alex, who's our worship director, he took time out to, to honor the children. And rather than playing on the main platform with the adults, he went into the children's work to, to, to worship with them and to lead them in worship. And it's great when you see the youngsters being raised up in, in, in the ways of the Lord. It's great to see youngsters being raised up as they want to worship, that they take something from this place, they take something from uh, gathering together before Jesus, that they go into their schools and into their colleges, and they take that with them, that, that praise of worship, that joy. And there's such a simplicity to children that their mouths are never closed. Oh, I went to church, and you need to know Jesus. You know, there's just those sort of things, you know, with children that they just speak it out. Oh, give me the mouth of a child, Lord. You know, I'd love just to speak it out. For me, it's sometimes that nervousness of, or should I say something or shouldn't say? But God's bigger than my mouth, so praise God for that. And sometimes I just need to speak it out, you know, to somebody. People that he brings along our path, someone that's worked, someone in the, the, the high street. 
and there's an excitement that God wants to release this morning. I just think a, a freshness of his Holy Spirit to relight some of the, 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 the flames that seem to dwindle within us. You know, God's promise is that he never puts out a, a smoldering wick. And this morning I want your smoldering wicks to fan into flame. If you've got a smoldering wick this morning, that you come in. You know, the things of the world can so easily get on top of us. But you know what? The things of God are so much bigger than the things of this world. I remember someone saying to me once, um, he says, uh, I might only be here for, I don't know, 50 years or 80 years or 100 years, but what's that in the lifetime of eternity with Jesus Christ? How can you measure 80 years against millions of years with Jesus? We've got to think outside the box. That I might be on this earth for 80 years, but I'm going to be with Jesus forever. And it's what I do with these 80 years or how, you know, I got saved when I was 30. I I asked Jesus Christ into my life when I was around about 30. And that's quite a few years ago now. Um, Thanks, Ron. (laughs) Ron's just reminded me that's 32 years ago. (laughs) But praise God, you know, and each day is a different day. And there's days I'll get it wrong, and there's days I can be down, but there's days when I'm glad, and there's days when I'm happy. And it's no different to the guys that we read about in the Bible. You can look at the, uh, some of the Old Testament uh, figures. You know, David, he had a horrendous time. He had a whole army coming after him. You know, I've got, I haven't got that, that's for sure. <laughs> but you know what David did? He just sang praises a lot we were singing this morning. It's something that lifts your spirit when you get into the praise and the purposes of God. Oh, come on, Cody. Come on, Kobe. You want to come and have a, do you want a cuddle? No. You're happy with your bottle. That's good. But there's something of the presence of God. There's something, you know, as we start to sing praise and worship, there's something that uh, just lifts. It, it, you know, it just takes us to a different place. And all the things, all the problems of the earth, all the things, the problems of the world that try to come upon us, they start to fall off. Just like these labels start to fall off. And that's just because of God's love and his grace for you. He wants the best for each and every one of us. And it's not that we don't hurt, and it's not that we, you know, we're still human in that sense. But there's something about the goodness of God, there's something about the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ, that when we come into his presence, collectively or individually, there's something that just lifts my spirit, of saying, wow, there's something about creator God. There's, there's this guy who created the heavens and the earth, who flung out stars, and he created you and I, and uh, he created all the animals, and he says, Brian, come, c- come into my presence, I'd love to have time with you. And he's saying that to you this morning, say, come into your presence this morning, come into my presence this morning, I want to have time with you, not just on a Sunday, come in on a Monday and a Tuesday, I'm here for you, you're my delight, you're the one that I created, you're the one that I love, you're the one I've got a plan and a purpose for, not to harm you, but to bring you life. And, uh, and it's when we get to know what that life is. It's, it's when we get to know the purposes of God for our lives. I think the last time I talked, uh, I spoke about, uh, um, I, think, I think it was something to do with the wardrobe. What, what clothes are we wearing? We're wearing... You know, it's a wardrobe of God, you know. The, what's our garments that, we've, that God has placed on us? And I was looking at my wardrobe today, and I thought, if I tried to put on every shirt, I'd be like uh, Mr. Michelin, you know. Because, you, you, you know, you've got all these garments to try and put on, plus my coat and my jacket, and you, you can't wear them all at once. And yet, when I look around this morning, 
I see you dressed, each and every one of you. You've got that breastplate of righteousness upon you this morning. That breastplate of righteousness. And that breastplate of righteousness is on each and every one that knows Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Turn to the person next to you and say, wow, I love that. I love that breastplate of righteousness you're wearing. Come on, compliment one another. We're here to build one another up, aren't we? I love that breastplate of righteousness you're wearing. Well, in fact, actually, that robe of righteousness, that, that breastplate, that robe of righteousness is even better. Wow, look at that robe of righteousness you're wearing today, that breastplate. Oh, and look at that hat you're wearing. Wow, that helmet of salvation is amazing. Wow. Oh, uh, and hang on a minute, there's a crown of beauty. Oh, wow, you look, look stunning. You look amazing out there. Oh, and look at those shoes. The shoes are the gospel of peace you're wearing. Wow, come on. Where can you buy those in Clark's? Where can you get your crown of beauty from? He places it upon you. He says, here you go, Ron, have this crown of beauty upon you. Have this helmet of salvation upon you. Each and every one of you, listen to the name that he's calling you this morning. He's calling you by name. And he says, look what I've dressed you in this morning. And who knows that when he dresses us in these garments, a garment of praise, a crown of beauty, shoes of the gospel of peace. There's a belt. Oh, look at that belt Jossie's wearing. I can see it right now. It's that belt of truth. belt of truth, even around these youngsters, you know, they don't know it yet, but Jesus has got a belt of truth for them as well. And so it's knowing what we're going out in each day, what we're we wearing to go out with each day. I love the bit that Dave brought uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dave Baker, when he's talking about uh, sheep that fight back, and uh, I'm on my iPad now. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Seek and you shall find. <laughs> Have you seen it there? Knock, ask, and it will be given to you. Praise the Lord. Well, oh, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Too many books up there. But yeah, it's a... Uh, the message that Dave brought is about sheep that fight back, you know. And we're all sheep within the fold, those that know Jesus Christ. And obviously we've got a great shepherd. And I just want to read something from Psalm 23 at the moment. Uh, it says this, I'm reading from the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. A luxurious love. When we look at luxury, you know, you know, I can never afford that. His love is luxurious for you, and it's free. His, tra his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he re restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness. You know, there's something different about the shepherds of the east to the shepherds of the west. The shepherds in the west, they herd their sheep. The shepherds in the east, they lead their sheep. 
Jesus isn't herding you, he's leading us. The good shepherd. And we're not making our own footprints. This is, we're following him in his footprints. He's already made the footprints that we stand in that leads us to his righteousness, that leads us beside the still waters. You know, my eldest son, uh, David, our eldest son, Sharon and I, David, he's, he's married, he's got a little lad of a, coming up for three, Zach. They live in Scotland, but he's in the armed forces. Um, he joined the army. Uh, he was a mechanical, electrical engineer. But he was always one for wanting to be action-packed, the action man type guy, you know. And he volunteered for active service. So he went and did two tours in Afghanistan, uh, sorry, two tours in Iraq. And then he decided to volunteer, not within his trade, but as a, what they call a searcher out in Afghanistan. And what the searcher does, he makes a way forward for the platoon to look out for the IEDs, improvised explosive devices, and the mines, etc., etc. So he's taking his troop forward. And uh, some of the stories that he retold is, um, obviously, when you come under enemy fire, um, you hear the bullets sort of landing next to you. And, but he continues to do his job because he wants to take his troop forward and lead them into safety. And I praise God and thank God for guardian angels and that all of his uh, troop, his command, if you like, that was out in uh, Iraq at that time, uh, out in Afghanistan at that time, not, all, not one of them got hurt or shot or killed. And that's quite a miracle, really, because there's many uh, battalions that went out there where they came back with fewer guys that they went out with. But with Jesus, it says he leads away. And what we have with the Lord Jesus Christ is because we have the armor of God on, because we have our shield of faith, because we, we are suited and booted for action, it's the, the things of the enemy just fall to the ground. There's many things that are fearful in life in the world. But Jesus took that fear upon the cross for you and I. That he's overcome the fear for us. It doesn't mean that we don't go or enter into fearful places, but what we have is if we fix our eyes upon the one who's leading us and upon what we're suited and booted in, it says every fiery dart of the enemy is extinguished and falls to the ground. Oh, amen. 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 And so... And so that in that sense then, our walk through life, our walk together is one where we need to be constantly encouraging one another. It's to encourage one another to say, come on, let's get back up again. <laughs> but yeah, but it's there for one another. You know, we're there for one another. We're there as a church family. We're there as uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's if someone gets knocked down, let's come around them. Let's say, come on, let's get back up again. Because in numbers, in the, the army of Christ, we're together, we stand together, our shields are together, we can move forward. And what happens then is the enemy cannot stand against us. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. As Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. 
And there's something about praise and worship is when we come into that time of praise and worship, there's something that we start declaring uh, the Bible verses. You know, we can read a Bible verse and we can start singing it out. We can start declaring it over our town. We can start declaring it over our situations. And there's something that moves. It says our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against the, uh, uh, it's against the spirit realm. Um, it, it's, a, it's a darkness. It's a, it's a dominion. The battle's going on above us. You know, it's a spiritual warfare that we're in. And our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and the powers and the darkness. And it says that we need to, uh, as we start singing, as we start praising together, there's something that shifts in the spiritual realm. There's something that is moving. And we don't see it with our physical eyes, but there's something in the spirit that says, yes, come on, we're taking ground. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're moving on as an army. We're moving on as the army of Jesus Christ. And it's whatever battle that we may be in within the world, we can come into a, an understanding of singing, singing praises, reading scripture, praying, declaring, standing in the gap, interceding. And there's something in my spirit that's excited me over these last couple of years, probably over 12 months, that my prayer life's really taken off. And I praise God for that. It's something, you know, when people say, oh, let's pray. You know, when we hear the word pray, it's like, yes, come on. You know, for some, it's, you know, it sounds so hard going. It's not, it's, it's hearing what God is saying, it's declaring the, what God is speaking out. There's something exciting in our prayer life that says, yeah, come on, I want to praise and worship. Oh, I'll sing over Scarborough. I'm going to sing over my workplace. I'm going to sing over my family. I'm going to sing. I'm going to declare God's goodness, that his goodness never fails, that he works, he, he works miracles, that he works salvation. And so there's something that excites me when I, I start to worship and I start to pray and I start to praise. And... Individually, our prayer life's important because we know well, we need to know what God is saying to us as, uh, uh, if you're married as couples, what God is saying to me individually, what God is saying to us collectively. You know, one of the, um, <clears throat> I'm ex-military myself, I was in the Air Force for 24 years, and one of the weapons the Air Force used to use, or certainly the Americans used them, were these droplets. Uh, they were like a... Uh, um, it's a munition, it's a bomb, and it sort of explodes uh, uh, as it hits the ground and explodes. It sends out other little uh, submunitions. So what would happen was if you wanted to take out the, the enemy's airfield, you weren't just making one big crater, but there's these uh, submunitions that went out further afield that made it harder then for them to clear or just to go in and fill a hole within the airfield. And it's the same with our prayers. When our prayers, when we get here what God is saying, we can have these arrow prayers that are directed straight. And what happens then is not just one, one thing that gets dealt with, because in the spiritual realm, as we pray for something specific, other things are happening outside that we don't even know about. I can give testimony of my uh, sister's friend who... Um, uh, she, she died just recently, um, but her husband uh, was at home, and my sister got a phone call from his son saying, uh, oh, Maggie, can you get over to my dad? I had this phone call. Uh, it was about two in the morning. 
uh, can you help me? Um, can you help me? Can you get an ambulance? And the phone went dead. And his son lived miles away. So he phoned his sister, and she was on the other side of Birmingham. By the time she got there, the light was still on in the house. And she went, and, um, she, she went into the house, and the gentleman there, the, her, her friend, was, was sitting in a chair, and he'd had a massive stroke. And it was the same week as uh, one of, uh, Denise in our congregation had also had uh, 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 an aneurysm, whatever it may have been. And the church got together, and the young children got together, and we were praying for Denise. But there's something that is happening in the spiritual, because my sister said that, that it was the same week. I didn't tell her what happened here. But God reminded me, it's the same week that we're praying for Denise, for miraculous healing, extraordinary miracles. And it left her friend, he was paralyzed completely, uh, he couldn't speak. And within two weeks, he had full movement and he's speaking just normally and there's no sign of any stroke. And so we don't know what we're doing. When, when we get these uh, arrow prayers that God's here saying to us to pray, we don't realize the effect it's having. It's a ripple effect that's going out across the nation. It's a ripple effect that's having an effect elsewhere. And that's the power of prayer. And that's what excites me. There's something, wow, come on, this is strategy. There's something about a strategicness within our prayer life that makes a difference, not just to my position, but to the positions of others in our church family, elsewhere in the nation. And so the two things that excites me is my prayer life and the love of God. just want to look in um, Mark 12, 28-34. As a teacher of the law, he came to Jesus, and he heard uh, Jesus heard them debating. Oh, he heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, "Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Which is the most important commandment?" Imagine Jesus was in the room this morning. Which is the most important commandment? The most important one is, answered Jesus. Is the Lord God our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second commandment is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And we can go through the Bible, and there's lots of commandments that God gives us to do. But there's no, one, there's no two greater than those two. To love the Lord our God. And with that, everything stems, everything comes from that. If you like, that's a hub of a wheel. And the spokes that come from that, everything else comes from loving God because he first loved us. He's saying, well, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And what does that look like? I don't know. I have to look at, the, I have to look at Jesus Christ. I have to go in the Bible and see how he loved people. Because he's the only one I can have a comparison with. I can be encouraged by my brothers and sisters, but the one that we need to be looking at is Jesus Christ. 
because he is without sin. He is love. And so how do I see Jesus walking his life? He was only here for three years. Well, he was ministering for three years. He lived to the age of 33. That's half my age, almost. And yet the effect he had over the three years of teaching, uh, of discipling, of training, of equipping, was amazing on his disciples. You see, we can always pick fault with people. When we talk about Peter, you know, everyone, oh yeah, but he betrayed Jesus. Or Judas, oh yeah, but you know. Well, don't look at my life. Because I might have been the Judas of that day. I might have been the Peter of that day. But for the grace of God, I'm no, I'm no different to the disciples. What I praise God for is that back then they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them. Okay? Today we have the Holy Spirit lives in us. And because of God's grace and his mercy, I might fall short of what God wants me to do. I might do something that isn't of God, but because of his grace and his mercy, I can go to him and say, Father, forgive me, I've messed up there. And he says, okay, Brian, I've dealt with that for you upon the cross. Everything, everything that is not of God, he's dealt with us. That doesn't mean I go on sinning. It doesn't mean I go out to do something wrong. It's just in my humanness. In our humanness, we make mistakes. That isn't of God. But what he says is, that's okay. That's okay. That's what I'm here for. Let's get up and let's walk together. And so I get back on. Get back on my bike. (laughs) It's a tandem. I've got Jesus with me. So I cycle on with Jesus again, you know. And the promise of God is for each of us that he changes us from one degree of glory to another. It doesn't matter how many times we mess up. That's his promise. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. And he says, it's okay, come on. I've paid for that for you upon that cross at Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. I don't say flippantly, because it cost a man his life. Not just his life, but the way he died. But there's a joy in it. The joy is that he comes to live within me. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again. And that's what gives us a hope and a future. That gives us the joy of knowing that Jesus Christ is alive today. That's the difference between him and any other God. There are many faiths with many gods, but there's only one true God. And there's only one Savior by which man can be saved. And that's Jesus Christ. And there's something that lifts you out of a place of, um, <clears throat> if you like, of desperation. Before I knew Jesus, I was on the road to hell a fact. We're all on the road to hell before we know Jesus because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. It's a garden of where Adam and Eve um, were disobedient to God, if you like. 
said, he specifically said something that you must not eat from the tree of good and evil. He didn't say do not touch it, he says do not eat of it. But they ate of it, they were deceived, you know. Deception isn't an excuse. We can all be deceived, but we need to get right with God again. And so that's why sin came into the world. That's why he took Adam and Eve out of the garden to protect them, if you like. And so everyone that is born of flesh were born with a sinful nature. That's the way it is. And wherever your thoughts are today, whether you know God as, you know, whether you know or believe in God, that's between you and God. There's a lot of people here that do believe in God. And not just in God, but in the way that he made. He made a way for us to return to him. He made a way that we could be reconciled, if you like, brought back, redeemed. You know, you get some uh, tickets on your shopping items where you can redeem it for two for one or something like that, or go and get a freebie or something like that. You, you, it's a voucher that enables you to redeem. But normally they have a time limit on them. Maybe a year or two years. The redemption of Jesus Christ, there's no time limit as yet until he comes back again. That's our time limit. And maybe you haven't, you haven't put your trust, you haven't put your faith, you haven't put your life, you say, well, Jesus, I want the life that you have for me. I don't want to be walking on this road to, to hell. And it's more than just heaven and hell. It's being kingdom people, God's kingdom. It says, heaven and hell shall pass away, but his word will remain forever. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The gospel isn't just about saying yes to Jesus, I'm going to heaven. The gospel is so much more than that. The fullness of the gospel. There's a warning that if we don't trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we go to hell. Or he redeems us. It's all about relational. It's about having a relationship. Having a relationship with Ron, with Claire. With, with each and every one of us in Christ Jesus. It's having a relationship with our community of sharing the love of Jesus Christ with our community. Because God doesn't reject people. He, he loves each and every person. They're his creation. It's only because of the sin that came into the world that that, that, that relationship got broken. And yet God in his infinite wisdom, the Father God, he says, well, hang on a minute, I'm going to make a plan here because I want, I want that relationship back with my people. I want a relationship with, with each and every one of you here today. I want a relationship with Scarborough. I want a relationship with, you know, in your town, with every person in your town. And the way he, he did that was he said, I'll, I'll send my son, my one and only son into this world, born of Mary, miraculous. Yet he was fully human. He laid down his, his deity and became fully human. That he was tempted in every way that we are tempted. And yet, he said, I have not come to do my will, but the will of my Father who sent me. Jesus never spoke anything except what he heard the Father speak. 
He never did anything except what he saw the Father do. And yet, he was tempted in every way, <clears throat> as we are tempted. And in that Garden of Gethsemane, there's a garden that Jesus went to right at the end of his time. And he says, come on with my disciples, uh, you know, let's go, let, 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 let's go to this place. And it's a place that used to take them often, because there's a place where you used to be able to pray to the Father. Jesus prayed to the Father. That's why I pray to the Father. Because <laughs> Jesus prays to the Father. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. <laughs> so I'll pray to the Father. There's a time in Jesus' life upon this earth, he went up a mountain and he spent all night praying just to choose 12 men. To choose 12 men all night praying to the Father. To choose 12 men. Fred, Tim, John, Pete. No, no, no. I need to take this to the Father. This is important to me. I want the people that the Father wants for me that I can take along with me. All night. All night. All night. And they said he wasn't even weary in the morning. I know if I tried praying all night, I'd be probably, mm, might make it through half the night. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to be praying. But there's something that just shows about the, the, the power of prayer, if you like. The decisions that we make, even the smallest decision, God is interested in it. He's interested in every little decision that you have, that you want to make. And he wants you to make the right decision for him. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have all his goodness and fullness and everything he has for us. His promises, salvation, resources, healing. Extraordinary miracles. Everything that he is, he wants us to have. So Jesus was a man of prayer. And he went to this garden. Garden of decision. A garden of where his friends fell asleep. Because they were shattered. He says, try and stay awake with me. Try and stay awake. He says, because the hour's coming. When the Son of Man's going to be handed over. Man, their hearts were probably one for wanting to pray. And Jesus went on a little bit further. And he fell down. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. It's a cup of suffering. It's a cup of every person's sin of the whole world. Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. 
It said that he was, um, I think the weightiness of that burden for Jesus was so much that it said he was sweating drops of blood. I'm far from persevering in prayer that I've had drops of blood come out before him. But it's a perseverance in prayer sometimes that we need to persevere in. Because I want to see the Father's will be done. I want to see my friends saved. I want to see my town changed. And so there's a perseverance, and there's a perseverance, and there's a perseverance. And I'll keep asking, and I'll keep knocking, and I'll keep seeking. Until I see some change in my town. Until I see some change in my family. Not my will. Your will be done. The Father's will is that none should perish. There's a gospel message. It's not just about salvation, but it's about the return of Jesus Christ. Something that the the eyes of the church can turn away from. But it's part of the gospel message. Because he's going to come back, not just, not just as it says, you know, there's a delight, there's a delight in this. Because we as his church, he, say, he, he talks to about his church as a, as a bride. And I look out here this morning, and I see many brides, both naturally and physically. And what was it like for the brides on your wedding day? And there's something special. It talks about the, the, the wedding of the Lamb. It talks about the wedding that Jesus is a bridegroom and we are the bride. The church is a bride. And he sees a delightful picture. Read Song of Songs. Song of Songs is a book in the Bible. Read some of that. Read, read chapter 4. Read chapter 2. Read what Jesus says about his church. So he's coming back, not just, as a, not just as a bridegroom, but he's coming back also as a king. He's a king of kings. And he's not just coming back as a king of kings, he's coming back as a judge. And it says in Revelation, it says he's going to come back, he's going to be a robe of white, for his church, but there's also going to be a robe of red because he's going to be slaying people that refuse to bow the knee to say yes to Jesus. And that's why I want to persevere in prayer. That's why I want to persevere in seeing my friends and my family set free. That's why I want to see my town changed. That's why I want to see my workplace changed. And so it's the passion and the compassion of Jesus Christ that comes into each of us. Hunger and thirst after my righteousness, it says. Oh, don't let the devil have his day of victory. He's defeated. He's defeated. Jesus didn't just take our sins upon him upon the cross of Calvary. Well, there was a time of darkness, three hours of darkness upon that cross, and that's when Jesus went out into hell and he took the keys of Hades 
And he defeated the Satan, he said. He defeated the devil. And he rose again on the third day. So I have a hope. Oh, I'm, I'm, I have a joy in my spirit. Because I'm no longer on that road to, to hell. But I have a compassion. We need to have a compassion for those that are still out there that don't know Jesus. There may be people in here that don't know Jesus. I don't know. Don't put off what you can do today for tomorrow. In that garden, Jesus went back to his disciples and he says, the time has come. And there's one of his disciples, Judas, who took some money because he was going to betray Jesus. And money was more important to him than the life of Jesus. Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew who was going to betray him. He didn't chastise him or put him down. He, he drew closer to Judas at times. God wants to draw close to you no matter what you've done. There's something about the resurrected Jesus Christ. There's something about Jesus that lives today that just wants to draw close to you. There's nothing that we have done in our lives that Jesus hasn't taken to that cross at Calvary. There's nothing that has been done to our lives by others that Jesus hasn't taken to that cross at Calvary. And there's nothing that I may do in the future that might not be of Christ that he hasn't already taken to the cross at Calvary. And so we live not under law, but we live. He has fulfilled the law, Jesus. He's the fulfillment of the law. But he says, he is my grace, which is sufficient for you. So we live in a day of grace at the moment. And he gives everybody an opportunity to say, yes, I want you, Jesus, in my life. I want that relationship with you a father who created me, a father who knows me, a father whose plans and purposes are, are, are there to prosper me, not to bring me harm, to give me a hope and a future. And it's the same father that wants a relationship with you today. It's the same father that wants a relationship with the town of Scarborough, with your family members, Prayer is important, you know. It's a way of communicating. Communicating with God, the Father, it's a way of communicating, um, just hearing God, you know, it's just speaking, really. People get quite concerned about the prophetic or prophetic, being a prophet. It's, it's, with a prophetic spirit, it's just speaking out what we're hearing God speak. 
hearing his voice and just speaking it out, declaring it. All the gifts that God gives us is to build one another up. It's to equip the church, if you like. It's not so each man has a, a, a ministry. It's to hand out. It's to give away. It's to train up and equip. And I pray that for this church here in Kingdom Faith, part of God's whole church, if you like, is it's a year of, of being equipped and, and being in the boat together. There's times when we have to step out of the boat and it can be quite wet. But Jesus is there. But there's times that we need to be in the boat with one another. And Jesus is there. And the storms of life might come upon us, but Jesus is there. And the troubles and the, the, the things might come to our door, but Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is here. Jesus is here today. I want to encourage you in your prayer life. <clears throat> Don't let it be something that we just add on. You know, when we buy cars, you know, some things are extras, you know. This is part of the full package. <laughs> Everything's deluxe with Jesus. There's no add-ons. Everything of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. And this morning, <clears throat> if you never said yes to Jesus, if you want to, to have that relationship with him, because I'll tell you what, he's, his heart is so much our relationship with you. And if that's you this morning, I just want us to stand at the moment, all of us just to stand. <clears throat> I just want to give opportunity because it would be wrong of me not to because I don't want people to leave here today without saying yes to Jesus. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to a wedding. It's an invitation to have eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's an invitation to say, yes, thank you, Jesus. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I want to do things your way. The good thing about Jesus' invitation is that he never gives up. I've got an invitation next year to my son's wedding. And that's a one-off event. Maybe today is a day that you're invited to the wedding. A wedding banquet that's going to be in the future. But today Jesus says, well, come and be part of my bride. You're so beautiful.
There's two things I believe God's saying to me this morning is uh, an invitation to you to come forward if you want to know Jesus for the first time. And also to come forward if you know of a family member that's not yet saved that you want to see saved. That we can stand with you and just pray for that family member. So I open the, the window of opportunity to you this morning. God opens up the window of opportunity for you this morning. It's not my invitation, it's God's invitation. I don't write the book, God has written a book already. He knows the beginning from the end. And so if that's you this morning, I, I, either or, then just come forward, I just pray. It's, sometimes it's just taking that step forward of uh, saying, yeah, actually... This step I'll take forward right now is a step I want to, uh, I just want to say yes to Jesus. I just want to stand in the gap for my family member. First commandment is, is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength. And the second is this, is to, to love your neighbor. These are the two main commandments. And out of that, everything flows. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life whilst we're still his enemies. Hallelujah. Those that aren't coming forward, um, Jossie, Shona, Hannah, Adrian, Ron, Deborah, are you, st- are you forward or are you, yeah. you available? Or? Available, yes. Yeah, those that have come forward, uh, if you can just put your hands up. Just lift your hands up so we know who's come forward and who hasn't. If you could just come over and just uh, stand with each person and just to pray for them. If it's their first time of wanting to know Jesus, it's just a simple prayer of asking Jesus into your life. It says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.